We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of An Author's Kiss. And this author is also an artist and a musician. I don't have a genre to put all of those under one, so she's under Author's Kiss today because we're going to be talking about her new book. You're right here on the uh, selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Tro, and we're talking about Sam Wise. She is an author. Uh, she has this wonderful book that is out right now, um, Abstraction. We're going to be talking about the book. We're going to be talking about her music. We're going to finish off with one of her musical pieces. We're going to be talking about her art. And you know, she crosses the genre. Some people think if you're an artist, you're just an artist. An author, you're just an author. Musician, you're just a musician. She crosses her art all the way across those platforms and just lets it out. She says, Abstraction is a new novel and it's quirky, fast-paced story of an artist, villains, and accidental heroes. A famous artist abruptly changes her painting style and finds her art has an eerie impact on people. Um, when Willow Honduras, I'm probably saying that wrong, New York provokes uh, inexplicable personality changes in those who see it. I'm really intrigued to find out all about that and also to understand, you know, her music, um, which is a guitarist. Uh, she's an award-winging songwriter. She grew up in Eastern Illinois and she's uh, studied fine arts at the University of Iowa. And uh, she has toured as a guitarist with two rock bands and enjoys a successful solo music career and also now lives in Iowa uh, where Abstraction is her first novel. So I love the cross-section of an artist. Wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to the show, my dear. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And, you know, again, as I said, it's, it's, people get kind of locked in that you're one thing or the other and they don't realize artist is somebody that sees things from a different eye. And that means that different eye whether you're the artist, the musician, or the author, is you see the art in everything, don't you? Pretty much. And it's, it's uh, you know, I, I try every now and then to concentrate on one thing, and it just does not work. You know, I'll be <laughs> going along, writing a bunch of songs, and, and uh, I'll suddenly I'll, I'll look out the window, and it's like, oh, look at that, you know, shiny object. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, yes, definitely. <laughs> Totally. But, you know, there, there are shapes and there are colors as well as sounds. And uh, with uh, writing the book, that was a whole other interesting thing because I'd been writing songs. Uh, uh, and and I said one day, I think I want to write something that does time every other line. That mm. would be different. And, yeah. Um, you know, I've written stories when I was younger, and it was just never a really big deal. But um, um, so I started writing the book. Uh, I started writing a whole different book. I had something else going on. And this was the fun part, is that 
exploring it and nothing was really coming about that I was feeling decent about. And it was a slog. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to bed one night and I fully dreamed the basic essence of abstraction. Mm-hmm. And I got up for the next two days. I'm just writing maniacally, <laughs> trying to get down every bit that I could remember. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then it just gave me a basis to work from. You know, and then it took me like two years to <laughs> finish it. It's interesting. The book is set in uh, the Pacific Northwest, the Puget mm-hmm. Sound area. Some of it's in Seattle. Some of it is in the counties uh, across the water from Seattle. And, and uh, I'm an Iowan originally, uh, but spent most of my life out in that Pacific Northwest area. Uh, uh, back in Iowa again, who knows? Um, but um, the book actually was mostly written when I was living in the Florida. Sorry, you so broke up there that, in the where the book was uh, in the Florida Keys. It was uh-huh. written in a, in a little rental house in Key Largo, and it was mm. a, a, a nice, funky little house that Hurricane Irma blew away. Oh no! <laughs> it, it, was, it was rather crumbly. And it sort of bit the dust, as it mm. were. Uh, but it was a wonderful setting to write. It's mm-hmm. just something about it, you know, the act of not having to really put on much clothing every day <laughs> was probably helpful. I didn't get distracted. Like, oh, am I going to wear today? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, I do feel that, um, and, and I've interviewed a lot of authors. I've just written my memoir. My brother is an author. And it's um, you can have the outline of where you would like the story to go. But when the fingers start hitting the keyboard, uh, it takes on a life of its own. And people always say they're characters. You had one idea for them. But then when you kind of read back, you go, they've become something else altogether. You know, Did this happen to you? That what I, I always thought I'd heard other writers say oh my characters took off on their own with this one I thought oh that is such malarkey you know (laughs) you're saying this you're telling them to say and I learned a lesson yeah they I don't know how it happens it's like this magic thing the characters suddenly start saying stuff it's like Mm. uh I wouldn't say that but they're saying that let's see where this goes yes and it it was a, a fun ride right and uh so I'm 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 hoping to take another fun ride here pretty soon. Oh, good, good. You know, I find that you know, again, you can have the baseline, right? Uh, and yeah. but in, when you allow, you know, my brother is always a person who goes to a coffee house and he's got his book and he kind of writes the outline and thing of the book and then he gets in there and he's he he was a, a literary teacher and taught master's degree and how to write and all of that. So he's very uh, disciplined. Um, but again, with even with him, the characters take on a personality of their own. And I think if we can get our own egos out of the way, our own limitations out of the way, and yeah. allow things to come through us, they can really reveal things that are really quite extraordinary. Well, you know, and that's what I noticed, you know, the book, what, what's it about? Mm-hmm. It was my friend, Marsha, who's an artist, she says, oh, this book is fabulous. It's about evil being vanquished by art. And I thought, well, it kind of is. It's <laughs> like, and and it's also, I think I began picking at it and looking at it. It's, it's really a book about the rewards of taking risks, mm-hmm. of, uh, of how difficult, how, how our fears kind of cripple us creatively yes and uh, you know so you have to really be willing 
to step out there and just throw caution to the wind and not be afraid, then you've made room for some really cool stuff to happen. And you just have to hang on. Right. And yeah. Because, <laughs> you'd be flapping in the wind. Right. <laughs> Is but, it the same approach to your art? I mean, do you go and we have oh, a piece yeah. it's going to be this or is it you again allow it to be? I let it I let the paint do what it wants. Mm. And uh I you know, I have I have an idea, I have an out not an outline, but you know, I don't perspective do, perhaps what you well, want. I don't do sketches per se. Yes. I tend to take notes. Yeah. I make like written notes and I, this is where i must get the crossover stuff going on between the written word and the visual mm. is like uh i a, a sketch doesn't do much for me but a description or mm. you know it's like make this yellow area over here and i'll write that down and and what i want to occur like uh, layers of paint what color mm. what color what color and uh, so your storytelling and- yeah, Basically, the thread between book, art, and music is storytelling. Uh-huh. And all of it, I figured out, uh, is is all about frequencies. It's all about yes. vibration. Mm. And uh, uh, I think that's most readily attainable uh, to understand with music because it's so obvious that the yeah. sound is is frequency. But the paint, uh, the the colors have their own vibrations, mm-hmm. and uh, and with the with the written word, it's it's different. It's more for me. It's it's very solid. It, mm. Okay, when you read abstraction, you kind of wonder what I'm talking about because that is pretty quirky stuff. You have to, you know, you you've already you're reading the book and you've decided sure. When you look at this painting, you can kind of just become, ah, and it's yeah. a trippy thing. And 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 uh, what happens to one of the characters when he looks at the paintings is just amazing. Uh, and you think, yeah, that's sort of some other kind of reality. But mm-hmm. and we do, we have, you know, there are levels of reality. I guess there's our agreed upon, mm-hmm. you know, everyday world. We 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 know that. Uh, the wall is solid. We agree that the wall is solid. But when you're reading a, a book like Abstraction, the wall isn't solid anymore. And we're okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And I think actually, you know, if we look at things from a human mind, the uh-huh. wall is solid and we are grounded. But when you look at things more from a cosmic soul spiritual, there are no boundaries, there are no walls. There is just energy and fluidity. And when you can put the two together, you're kind of transforming those walls into a fluidity that kind of opens and reveals something altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much on the nose. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I love things that because when I look at art, it's, it's immediately what story is it telling me? And, you know, and it's um, I'm one of these people that... I could see faces in the peculiar floor tiles or in, you know, in, in the lino and things like this. I see things, you know, all the time of me. And I'm a storyteller in my head, always have been. Um, so there's always a movie going on. All right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the parallel life that I live. And I find that uh, 
it, you know, it wasn't to come out for me in the form of art. It ended up kind of coming out in this form um, with my brother. As I said, he's more the writer and he always has been kind of from the age of six. He loved words and he loved putting words together. Yeah. And he is totally different as a person. You know, like we call him the mooka because he's always going, no, you know. <laughs> but in his books, he goes so dimensional on so many different uh -huh. levels. And I know that's really him. But yeah. you know, he doesn't reveal himself that, you know, on the human level. Have you found yourself being kind of maybe disconnected? Or are you at one when you're in your artistry? And when you're not in your artistry, you're someone else? Oh, gosh, I know, you know, that's a very interesting question. I think uh, I like to I look at my regular what I my regular self, I get up in the morning and put socks on. <laughs> <laughs> And my feet get cold. And and uh, but I think I'm um probably a funnier person than the paintings. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know, I don't think the paintings really reveal as much about me. The the book reveals more about me because uh, it's there's some stuff in there about uh, opening ourselves up to uh -huh. taking a chance and how it makes it a better life, but it's couched unintentionally. It just is my voice. Mm -hmm. Everything has this, like we may be breaking out laughing any moment. Yeah. Kind of. You know. I, I started writing another story one day and I had in our real life, I had seen a woman jump off a bridge mm -hmm. as I was driving by. And it's a big bridge out west of Tacoma Narrows Bridge, 580 feet down to the water surface. And I thought, oh my God, I just saw somebody jump off the bridge. And uh, my companion said, oh my, we should call 911. I said, it's a bit late, mm -hmm. you know, but it turns out there's a little deck where if a person were to jump over the rail, Ah. Deck. so she was rescued and oh, that well but i didn't learn that until much later that day uh it was awful but um i started writing a story and i wanted to put that in there and heaven help me i could not make it not funny now there's nothing funny about no. jumping no. off a bridge but no matter what i did i just couldn't get there so i stopped I'm sorry. I well, no not really I mean I think that sometimes we do need to look at the funny side of it because like hey God had other plans you yeah, think that, you going think on, you're going yeah. to escape your life by jumping into the river and calling it quits uh-uh yeah. I'm putting now, this ledge well, there because you still got work to do <laughs> you, yeah. know? you know it, it may show up you know when you get enough time between uh seeing the incident oh my god it was about eight years ago I think it was now but uh that was yeah, yeah. To fit in, you know, I I think part of me wanted to be uh, a serious writer, but it's you know I can handle serious things, but it's never going to just stay that way. I think maybe you know some pieces of your art show the seriousness, show the depth, show the complexity, and maybe even show the darkness. And you huh? know, it, um, you know, when I look at humanity, and I think God, we're loathsome. Some of us are loathsome. Uh, yeah. And then I look at other people who are doing extraordinary things. And I think, why can we not be this light that we're meant yeah. to be? And it's a, we can't sometimes see the light through the darkness. And the thing is, 
for people to actually understand you don't need to see the light in the darkness you need to become the light in the darkness well there you go yeah and it's you know um it's such a it seems like for there to be the light it it's such a struggle it's yes. hard and it seems really hard for people to just accept it and become part of this um maybe you know, we do need more of that quirky humor maybe, maybe we need to learn it. to laugh at ourselves a little bit maybe I, we're taking I, ourselves too seriously that could be it <laughs> yeah. i think more, more people need to read abstraction that'll that'll save us you know uh, but i was <laughs> I, I don't, you know, one never knows one but never i was knows. thinking i was thinking about uh you know all art that uh it never is what it started out to be because right. first of all the creator of the art whether it's music sculpting painting writing all of it it uh is uh right away it's got the creative the project all over it mm -hmm. and what that is is every moment of experience in the person's life and the artist's life shows up somehow in every piece yeah. and then you like the paintings. I just did a couple of shows this winter that were in good, very good situations. And at one point I saw there were like 10 people standing around one painting and they're doing this. <laughs> you know? And and I realized they're seeing 10 different paintings. Exactly. And none Isn't of them that are intriguing. What I, <laughs> I know. That's yeah. what I love about art. I mean, if this I'm always encouraging people to have you know, there's book parties where you all can share your perspective of the book. But I want uh -huh. people to have podcast parties as well. Listen to a podcast and each come, you know, with a glass of wine and some fun. <laughs> what did you get out of the podcast? Because everybody would have heard something different. And I think if we could get together more and share those perspectives, it opens up our vision oh, to yeah. see things more broader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just the whole idea that nobody is seeing or hearing yeah the same thing no obviously there's you know there's some there's commonality lines, yeah. of course mm -hmm. but uh the fact that every experience that each of them has ever had you know mm. is coloring everything that they're seeing yeah. it's different than the guy standing beside them right and it's also you know what we see in the moment because yeah. where we are in this space of time is what we're going to see and we can revisit something at another time and see something totally different. You know, you go down the street and go, God, when did that building pop up? It's been there for 10 <laughs> years and you haven't yeah, seen it, yeah. right? And it's it's kind of when the time is ready, you will see, or when you become aware, you, you start seeing things. When you have a need for something, it reveals itself, yeah. right? Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, a painting, yeah. you know, I, I like art that I noticed that some of your art is what I would call shadow art, is that you don't bring out the defining colors, right? It's almost like it's in the background shadow type art. So it's wow. waiting to reveal itself. But then in your portraits, I love the way you've done your portraits because uh -huh. they're kind of very, they're very defining on who the characters are, but they're not like a picture portrait. You know, you've right. given them a different look, which is more interesting. So you've taken kind of almost regular type stance and made it interesting with the way that you've put it together. So kind of given a depth to the person, but in its clarity, if you know what I mean. 
I do know what you mean. And it's, it's, um, I think what I was, this last series of portraits that I had done, the, the larger ones were the people wearing the oversized mm-hmm. cloaks mm-hmm. Uh, and they were floating in the air. Uh, that was a lot of fun to mm-hmm. do because I knew I wanted their faces to be recognizable. And everybody in that series is someone I either know or am related to. And, uh, and they look like themselves, that yeah. part of it, even though their faces and mm-hmm. hair are just color fields, they aren't, you know, no shadowing going on. Uh, maybe that, maybe I'm a little lazy. I don't know. No, so, I think it's kind but, of you know, allowing we, people to see, you're inviting yeah. people to see deeper instead of yeah. just giving them the picture and this is it and they're seeing it at face value. You're asking them to look deeper below the veil. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you get involved in the minutiae of detail of light and shadow, which mm-hmm. I love light and mm-hmm. shadow, but it's just not something I paint. Right. I, I like, I'm I'm uh, a color field person. I see, you know, where I'm sitting right now in my house, I just glanced out the window and there's this yard of grass and trees that goes up a hill to a cemetery. And I'm just seeing green and mm. white and mm. grays. And, oh, there's a red. And it's just, you know, maybe I need new glasses. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, if you saw the picture I have right here, which feeds me every day, and it was by a, a Vancouver Island artist, and it's it's just a bunch of flowers, but it's got these beautiful different levels of oranges and yellows together and different reds and, and different whites, but everything is just so vibrant. So, you know, if I'm kind of feeling down or stuck or some technical thing has gone wrong, you know, the <laughs> picture brings me back to life. And yeah. then I have a picture of that my daughter uh, drew uh, of a horse's head that's pink with all this blue ore all around it. And, you know, and it's, I think it's just a question of what feeds you and what moment you're in, right? But color yeah. is enormously important to me. I'm a very sky blue personality. I'm the wind. I've got to be free. Do not try and contain me. All right. And uh, they... I need to see something that isn't restricted, that has movement, that that I can see is free. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think when I think about that, you know, we talk about music for a second. Uh, music is very, by its nature of rhythm and, and the structure of it, in a way, it's very um, confining. Yeah, it uh, it has very delineated rules, uh, you know, probably music with the oddly the music with the most restriction is probably heavy metal. It's mm. just very rigid when it's doing. Uh, I, I wasn't a heavy metal player, but I was a hard rock player with the <laughs> big, big power chords and grinding sound coming out of the big amps. And it's like. That's that's wonderful, but mm. it's like well, it's it's very structured, very structured, yes. and and yes. painting is way less so structured. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, there's hardly anything going on there, and uh, in terms of there doesn't have to be any structure, especially when you paint uh, non-objective abstract paintings, mm. uh, like my character does in the book. Ren paints things that are very 
sort of Jackson Pollock yeah like and uh I like to think of it that way you know and well I'm looking at your woman with the aura and Miriam in the wall oh yeah. and uh you know and then the shepherd and you know and then of course I love the 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 jazz band and you know double one on that one because I love you know the way the colors are the thing about jazz and blues, which is my favorite uh -huh. kind of music, is that I find if I'm if I'm listening to that music, it elongates me. Uh -huh. Everything about me wants to stretch out. But at the same time, it's so utterly defining. And yeah. when I look at that picture, I see it being defining, but at the same time, feeling the colors stretching out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the jazz band, uh, when I was very young I, I started playing guitar uh when i was seven and had my first professional pay gig when i was 14 wow. sitting in as a rhythm guitarist in a swing jazz swing band with mm. some local men who knew my parents and knew that i was a guitar player and their guitar player had injured himself and couldn't play and they said you know could i come and sit in with the band and it was all songs i knew because that was my first love it was right. uh, just straight jazz the mm -hmm. the big band stuff mm -hmm. uh, the brazilian stuff so that's i i didn't even bother with rock and roll till i was like 30 yeah, it's kind of. And would you say it's maybe because that you know at that time there was a different voice in you, a different way of wanting to speak? Was your art reflective of that at that time as well? No, I was just so into. Oh, that's interesting because I was into the sounds of the jazz and the way, but it was like I always approached guitar um, more like I approach a painting. Oh, this is very revealing at this moment. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, it's about shapes. Yes. Uh, guitar playing is all about shape for me, mm. uh, to the point which for the last decade, I've only played in open tunings and not, not the standard tuning. You know, I play in it just to keep my chops up. Yeah. But the stuff that I'm playing is all in three or four different open tunings and that is all about uh it gets embarrassing sometimes because somebody will say okay what key are you in first of all i'm in an open tuning second of all i'm tuned a whole step lower mm. than everybody else because the 12 string guitar that makes it sound so fat it's wonderful mm. yeah and the brass all just jangles together mm. and as a result i have constant tinnitus i don't hear as well as I should, and I don't care. <laughs> okay. You're shaping the tune, right? Yeah. You're shaping, and that's the thing about music, you're shaping the note. That's the beauty right. of it, right? And, I, and I'll, if I glance down at my hand, I see specific shapes to all the sounds. And I, I don't spend a lot of time looking at my hands when I play, but it sometimes it does captivate me. It's like, oh, Look at that shape. Mm. That's what that shape sounds like. And then I start thinking about that in relation to a painting. Mm. I just wasn't conscious, that right. conscious of it until right now. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, you know, you have this the this lovely song which we're going to close out with the this shape of time, you know, and it's like we 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 think of things as shape as being something abstract or solid. 
and we don't really you know when a node kind of rounds itself or goes to a sharp point or you know kind of feels like it is more square and then but when we look at time why do we look at time as one straight line time is so multi-layered there is so much going on in any one moment of time and it's in itself it's its own note and plus in, in our own in our own minds our own consciousness uh you know we, we a lot of us try to be completely present in this moment mm -hmm. good luck with that <laughs> uh, because everything is connected to a memory of so, you know fragrances yes uh, an object a word that somebody says a song is a really powerful thing yeah. you know uh and it's like suddenly you're back mm. at some other time decades ago yes. and then then you realize whoa you know that was it's like time travel <laughs> isn't it great i mean yeah. I, I love that because it you know it, it's it's a remembering how you feel and i think this is what you know what when we look at art even when we read a book when we when we listen to the music it's all about feeling it's not about yeah. thought the feeling creates the thought right right and so whatever the music doing it's bringing back a memory or it's making you feel something presently and it can even set the mood for for your future moments uh, but it's about how you feel and you can tell you know i watch all these music shows you know competitions etc and you can tell the people that um can sing very well but the people that are the song and i get yeah. to interview an awful lot of musicians kind of i was kind of i didn't know what to put you under actually the author's kiss or the <laughs> for the love of music because i don't have one that has it all but um <laughs> But when I interview the the musicians and the beauty that I love about interviewing musicians, there is no identity crisis. When you play, you are the music. You're not playing an instrument. You are at one with the instrument. And you are at one with your art when you're in your art or whether you're in your books or with your music is an extension of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And I'm envious of that. That's beautiful. <laughs> but it, and it's, it's weird, too. It's like sometimes when I'm... Uh in the middle of a concert or something I'll be giving, I realize I've gone so far into it yes. that I have this moment that, you know, I'll maybe I'll close my eyes for a second and, and I'll be really into it and I'll open up and go, it's like, what, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> are <these people? laughs> I have this young guy. I had this young guy um, I interviewed, uh, Americana Blues, Justin Johnson, and uh, people, the reason I first noticed him is that he was playing a guitar that was a spade. And oh, I thought, yeah. this is intriguing, right? <laughs> and then people make him instruments of oil cans or car parts. Oh, and yeah. as long as it's got strings, he can make music out of it. And he goes around to schools helping kids make you know instruments out of what they've got and helps with the music but he's another one that when he plays he is the music you know there yeah. was the another guy that 30 years in the making or maybe longer in the making of the ballad drummer he wanted to be a drummer that was ballad we've gone with the blues and the jazz his album is fantastic and it's and it was like everybody thought the drums had to be boom 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 and he right. likes the subtlety yeah. of the drums and the way it oh, takes yeah. you and and it's like it is a gift if you were given and we're all you know my analogy for life is this we're all 
um, in discovery, self-discovery of what our gift is. What is our instrument? We learn how to play that instrument. And yes, we can be solo. But when we come together in an orchestra, each in our strengths, and we play harmoniously together, we transcend that message out in, an, in a magnificent way. But we've all got an instrument, whatever yeah. it is, that is our gift. And the quicker we step into it and learn how to play it and how to use it, the more we're actually raising that frequency and that vibration and being contributors to the solution in the world. It's, it's the weird moment of knowing that you're, you're yourself, you are here, you're yourself. And then there's this like thing where you feel yourself being other, um, yeah. expanded and, yes. uh, and that moment is a little bizarre. And I think a lot of people just go, whoa, I'm not doing that. But, oh, they should. It's wonderful. Oh, they should. No, God, yes. <laughs> you know, elongate yourself, you know, stretch out. Uh, you, you know, you, you said in the book, you know, that the, you know, the, the stepping outside of your comfort zone, exploring, you know, going and, and seeing, testing your limits. I mean, so many people walk this societal should line. You should yeah. have this the degree. Should you should learn. marry this person. You should do this. You should do that. You've got to do that. To be important, you have to do this, to do that. And we've bought into this crap, which yeah. is crap. And what we've done is love, lost our own identity. And yeah. that identity is your signature. It is your frequency. Just the, like your handprint identifies you, so does your frequency yeah. identify you. And when the quicker you step into the note that you're meant mm -hmm. to be, the more at home you are with self and the more you actually are abundant with everyone else. Yeah. It's, you know, I was, uh, when I got the notice that I was going to be doing this interview, I started thinking. Which is 24 hours, bless our heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, I'm, I'm ready for anything, you know. <laughs> Great. I love it. So uh, I started thinking about uh, things in the book that I wanted to be sure to talk about. And I would just have to say that it, the one of the main things that keeps coming up in the book, it gets asked, I think, like three times in the book, what's the purpose of art? What mm. good is it? And, uh, you know, one time one of the characters says, you know, well, the purpose of art is to make visible the invisible. And then, then Another time something else is said, I don't want to reveal too much, but it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's worth reading. But what really woke me up to that was uh, several years ago, before I wrote the book, I had uh, done some things to injure my hands and uh, it required a little surgery, which repaired it completely. And um, so I'm going into the surgery. The doctor had thankfully given me the diazepam pill I asked for. Otherwise, they would have had to drag me in there. <laughs> uh, so I'm you know, laying there. The arm is covered, so I can't see it, although yeah. that would have been fun to watch. But <laughs> so they're about to cut into my hand, and the doctor stops. He says, wait a minute. What are we listening to? What are we going to listen to? And they had a discussion for a couple of minutes about what music they wanted played over the sound mm -hmm. system while they operated on my hand. And they chose something that they all agreed on that they liked. 
And uh, I was happy it wasn't one of my recordings because that would have made me feel kind of weird. It's like, will I ever be able to do that again after this? Of course, I. I would have thought wouldn't. it would be in the driving force for the for the doctor to make sure you can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really interesting at that moment. I realized, oh my god, because I've been going through a phase then where I thought, oh, music. I'm a guitar player. I write songs. I play them, and it's easy. What 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 is up with this? This is I should be producing something or whatever. I don't know. But at that moment, I realized that I was part of something that was very valuable to people. Yes. Everybody has. Oh, we got to listen to this song, or else we're going to mess this up or something. You know, this is a well, good music song. for me has been a lifesaver. Um, I I suffer from sadness, and as somebody pointed out, it's kind of environmental sadness. I'm an empath. I feel what's going on in the world, and sometimes it's overwhelming, and I get yep. this heavy sadness that, if I'm not careful, can lead to a deep depression. And so, yep. music has always been one that just on with the headphones, just listening to the music. And it's not always words. Sometimes it's just the music. But scientifically, I found out that by listening to music, especially when you allow your ear to go to the music that you need at the time, don't think it, you know, let, you let your hand click on what you're, you know, your psyche yeah. needs. Um, it resets your body. It's, it re, you know, recalibrates you, balances yeah. you, because the frequency of the sound you know, rebalances the frequency that's going on in the body. And it's so utterly healing. And it, and it makes such perfect sense that yeah. it should do that. And that's the reason why we all love music. And music's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah. Since the first stick got yes. whacked and made a vibration. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so are you telling me the drummer was the first instrument? <laughs> you know, that just makes up for all the jokes we used to make about our drummers. So. <laughs> hey, I was here first. <laughs> and our uh, drummers. <laughs> um, I mean, guitar is your instrument. Have you ever yeah. kind of thought, oh, what if I could play this or could play that? Or is it, you oh. know, the guitar is it? I know how a piano works and I can make sounds on it. My voice teacher once told me, do yourself a favor and don't ever do that in public. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, at home, I, I had a piano for a while. And it opened up some areas that I hadn't thought about, but, uh, and I can play, I, I can play saxophone. Mm, I, I learned saxophone. <laughs> Dolls. I can do dolls, and that's it. And um, there was, uh, uh, I tried violin. It was just a bust. Oh my god, it was awful. My my friend that I used to play music with in the nineteen seventies, we had a duo. He is a superb violinist. Mm -hmm. He can play Mozart, and then he can play any spontaneously occurs to him he's one of those guys right and uh he, he i sent him one time a, a piece of sheet music that i'd written and a recording of it of me playing it on the violin and <laughs> he's he just he couldn't stop laughing he said, oh, this is, this is horrible. <laughs> but he did get the essence of the piece of music right he played now, now let me now let me show you how it's done right <laughs> yes this is this is the way we do it you know not like that <laughs> But I mean, that again, you know, but, you know it so might I, be multiple talented, but there's always that one instrument that you, you're at one with, and that's the guitar for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've played 
you know, I played uh, lap steel, pedal steel. I've played, uh, you know, head banging rock and roll and uh, played jazz, smooth mm -hmm. jazz. I've played, but most the instrument that I really locked into when I was 15, so I've been playing a while, was the 12 string. Mm. And it just, I realized it's like a, whole orchestra in here right if you do it right and but that must be very complex to play though i mean you have 12 strings which yes it gives you more you know broader you know what you can do but it must be very difficult to do but it's not because uh you know the the first higher pitch strings there there are two of them very close together and they are tuned the same then the next two are it's tuned like a regular guitar or in my case not like a regular guitar <laughs> But the next set of two is tuned the same. The next set of the next four strings, they are octaves. So you've got uh, the wound brass string and then a thinner, either a nickel or or in some the lowest ones, it's brass wound again. But so they're not unison, they're octave. And it makes, a, you know, within that, you know, I've heard players go berserk and, and do all sorts of crazy tuning in there, but I don't find that to be very productive. I find it to be just annoying and, uh, you know, just some normal um, open tunings work for me just fine. There's um, uh, being on YouTube and on Facebook, et cetera, some kids playing guitar, and I don't know the name of this, one of them with curly hair and he gets a hold of this electric guitar and just like mind blowing, mind blowing, you know, like he was born to play it and probably was playing it in the womb. Um, and you just watch him play and he's playing with seasoned people and they're blown away. You know, are, are there any guitarists out there? You know, is it a Santana type person or uh, any others out there that you kind of look at and go, yeah, like, that is my kind of playing? Oh, I've always thought Mark Knopfler from the band Dire Straits mm -hmm. was connected to something. You're right. <laughs> but it's so good. And uh, uh, I think Prince was probably mm -hmm. uh, the greatest guitar player that you could imagine. He was so versatile and inventive and really good on, on electric. In terms of acoustic guitars, uh, you know, uh, six-string players, uh, Pierre Ben Suzanne is really good, mm -hmm. and uh, I uh, there's a list of people. That, uh, and I twelve-string players, Leo Kotke, of course, he's he's dynamite, mm -hmm. six and twelve, but really good twelve player. Again, the, again, rather like yourself, it's like you can't help but see the art in the instrument like again as i said whether you're writing art or, or playing or singing you know it is that when you actually do play do you see a visual interesting um yeah sometimes it's uh, like your I, mind is painting like a, while you're playing <laughs> well I, I see a little movie sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not always the same with, you know, if I'm playing a song, you know, five times in, you know, in a week at different venues, I don't always see the same thing when I'm playing mm -hmm. it, which certainly saves me from, you know, becoming bored right. with something. 
Have any of your plays kind of, uh, you know, transcribed to the art? Like in playing this, you've seen a visual for a picture and then now you've got to go and paint it or the other um, way around? You know, um, I always have music playing when I'm painting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is my own. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's a little embarrassing. But uh, uh, only the instrumental stuff. Uh, I can't paint with a lyric happening. Right. It's mm. disruptive. Yes. Uh, and that's interesting because the lyric is painting a picture. Mm. Uh, yes. And so for me to conflicts be with the music. That, yeah. 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 Whereas music itself, just the music itself is more um, conducive to opening a, a creative channel that allows me to paint what I'm seeing whereas right. lyric it's what you're gonna see baby you know yes, a, yeah yeah so you, you don't want the dictation of the story you want the story right. to to be revealed the music is yeah. Yeah. you know we we'll say that yeah. you know the, one of the thing about kind of rebirthing ourselves as we as we grow older and kind of rediscover ourselves is that really we can take the brush and the canvas is blank and what we paint on there is is of our choosing is of our life experience and whereas we didn't have some choices in certain aspects of our lives or we went down different paths of that expectation and now we're in our own choice of you know following our own path allowing our own essence to come through uh, we all become artists of our own lives don't we and i think you know kind of from what you were saying about the book of kind of get out of your own way allow to yeah. see what you do see and follow what you see be exploratory be wondrous, yeah. you know, allow that path to be revealed. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of release of um, fear about things, you know, mm. about fear of failure or fear of uh, being judgment, uh, ridiculed. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Judge. And, uh, you know, uh, and fear of getting, of having your ego get its butt kicked there's <laughs> that. but uh, when you realize so what it's yeah. like let's well, just do do it yes. you do what you're thinking you know if you you know maybe you'll totally get things and that's fine because why not you know well we don't there's know a, what mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you have an idea of what, if we're talking about something concrete, like if you've always wanted to paint but never yeah. painted, uh, take a class on some basic mm -hmm. uh, structural things and, and mechanical things and chemical things when it comes to mixing paint or some. Uh, and there are some basic things to know about materials and that sort of thing. So and and music, you know, there are some basic things whatever instrument you're playing and uh writing well mm -hmm. writing is interesting because we talk all the time yeah how is that different yes you know so, suddenly people that are talking all the time they go right hey. <laughs> <laughs> terrified yes <laughs> Get, i don't want a pen keep it away from me <laughs> but you know it's, of course it's different because obviously it's different than just talking but it's revealing yeah yeah and that was oh that was the scariest moment when i realized i was writing abstraction mm -hmm. i was so freaked out uh the first 
you know, 20 pages. I wrote 20 pages. I go, yeah, I think this is good, but I don't know. I, it's like, this is in my head. People right. are going to know this is in my head. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, God. They're, but you oh, got it in your head, which yeah. can get in your yeah. way, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little problem but i took it over to a friend of mine's house who and i know she's a really good writer and i said read this what do you think should i just stuff it in a box and forget about it and she said no this is great you gotta you gotta finish this so you know thanks a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it's the thing i've just written my memoir and i'm in the editing stage and i just really have not had time between work and, and looking after grandsons and things like that uh -huh. it's like you know, the editing is the most painful isn't it of of writing you know um you know, how many times i have read this book <laughs> i've probably read it 50 times mm. and every time i read it i like well that's pretty decent. Yes. And uh, that makes me very happy. It's like, this isn't bad. This is yeah. all right. Or, or I'll catch something. Oh, God, I wish I had said this instead. Yes. But of course, we're a few years on now from when right. it was originally started. And if I just looked at it and said, oh, yeah, that's fine, that would be more disturbing. <laughs> well, I think it's also I kind think. of what, what reveals from it to yourself. It's like, in writing i've i've blogged now for 20 something years and i'm just one of these people is i do my own show every week and sometimes i don't know what it is and maybe one word will come into mind press record and out it comes and i can write that yeah. way as well and then i've gone back and read things i wrote 20 years ago now this is interesting who wrote it me <laughs> um so when i wrote my memoir i did it in three weeks i just kind of sat down and wrote i let it go and then reading it back, there was a couple of common threads in there that I didn't realize I carried with me or wow. revealed of me. But it was also kind of like, well, especially my brother being a professional author, he started editing it for me. And I thought he's going to criticize me to Helen back because he's a professional. And yeah. he didn't, you know, he just kind of adjusted a few things grammatically because uh -huh. I'm dyslectic and sometimes I do things the wrong way uh -huh. around. Um, unfortunately, he had a heart attack, so he couldn't kind of follow through on it. So I've been kind of doing it from there. But every time I read it, there's something else it reveals to me. And it's like yeah. I'm looking at my life, you know, I put it down in that three weeks. And now every time I edit it, I'm looking at my life from a different lens. I'm seeing yeah. it from a different way. And I'm sure when you're writing the book, even though it's a story, that there's so much it reveals about yourself, your thought uh -huh. process or how you recognize something of yourself in there and go, oh, maybe that's the reason why that's in the book. I think like that. So yeah. it can be really revealing, can't it? It is extremely revealing. It's like there are some things that I'm going, oh, my God, you're you're psycho. You need to make an appointment. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and then I realized that's the best part of me. <laughs> yes. And that's, you know, I, I'm always saying in order to get, you know, to survive in this world, you've got to be crazy. Yeah. And, you, and you've also got to be willing to take those risks that you're talking about, to see things differently. I've yeah. never, I battled my entire life and wasted way too much of my life trying to be normal. And I realized um, I wasn't born normal. I never came to this planet to be normal. That's not normal, just doesn't stick to me in any way whatsoever. And when I decided just to be Sarah in all her flaws, which beautiful word that I learned was flawsome, 
Yeah, right? I like Being that. awesome in your flaws, right? Being awesome. flawed. <laughs> and it's yeah. like uh, when I accepted who I am for what I am in all my quirks and flawsomeness, you know, I became so much more at peace, but also so much more adventurous because I wasn't doing it for anyone else. I was just doing mm. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think what I was, I was lucky. I was born into a family that was supportive mm. constantly. And my mother gave up on me right away because I was obstinate. And even <laughs> as an infant, she says, oh, mom's phrase was, well, you pay your money and you take your chances. <laughs> you get what you get. And because uh, my brother is an incredible man, very nurturing and, and, absolutely 100% the opposite kind of person I am. We get along famously. It's wonderful. But mom had him first. Seven years go by. She says, oh, this is going to be so wonderful. Oh, my God. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> something other. But, uh, you know, her phrase to me, I was constantly going around saying, I'm bored. What can I do? And she yeah. goes, use your imagination. Yeah. Go outside. Yeah. Use your imagination. And I heard that enough times that I started thinking, oh, that's the way it's supposed to go. Yes. I'm supposed to imagine a life. Mm -hmm. And I've imagined a pretty dandy one, I think. Nah. And, <laughs> and, and the thing is, isn't just to imagine it, but to follow it. Yeah. Right? To to, yeah. to, to be the the explorer in your own life. Right? Yep. To follow it. Even if, you know, it leaves you down into the dungeon sometimes. And you go, whoops, wrong turn. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> but when you get out of it, you realize how much you've learned about yourself, of your abilities that you never thought yeah. you had in yeah. getting out of that dungeon. And you're like, you know, I'm so much more courageous and stronger than I thought I was. And I have so many more skills and abilities than I allowed myself to think. And that's the reason for going in the dungeon, isn't it? Is to yeah. is to discover how Flossom you are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, conversely, you know, I've had some experiences where I go, I think I'm a little weak in some areas. And by God, that's just the way it is. I can continue. I don't have to mm. be strong at everything. It works out just fine. And uh, that's without... a big one, isn't it? That's a big one. Yeah. Because you know, we're always going, oh, I've I learned how strong I am. And it's like, that happens a lot, but sometimes you go, that is so screwed up and I don't know how to do this any other way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think we get to a certain age. I'm 68. And I think we get to a certain age where it's like, I haven't got the energy anymore to, <laughs> to live up to somebody's expectation of what they want me to be. You either see me or you don't. I'm not going to be offended if you don't. I'm not going to be offended if I'm not your cup of tea. I'm a strong cup of black coffee with scotch, right? <laughs> you know, and, and it, you, know, you can take me or leave me, but I'm not going to stop being me. Now, yeah. in case of point, when I'm around my children, they don't see Sarah. They see mother and how they yeah. need mother. So I'm yeah. different to each one of my children, well, right? according they, to what they you know, need from me. That's that's a, a necessary thing very necessary thing yeah you know, yes yeah. raising and a child is a something other than this other, other stuff we talk about you yes there's certain requirements and uh it, with people that have children i hope they know that going in you know yeah. <laughs> i didn't and you know i had three when my daughter had her first one she said mom how did you do it with three and i said i don't know we just did it 
You paid attention yeah. to the moment and you just went with the gut instincts. Now, yeah. she's just had a second baby. Unfortunately, they broke the little one's femur when they brought him out. So this little thing is a horrible vice and they can't kind of hold it, it properly and you can't even be bathed. And, you know, got to see spray. We don't know how long it's going to be on for. And uh, um, so, you know, it ended up being you know, not the kind of birth they wanted. And the first one was pretty awful as well. But she has two beautiful children and I have yeah. spent a great deal of time with my little two-year-old grandson. And I look at him and I think, this is such a pleasure. I don't have to take care of his well-being for the next 20 years. I can simply devour and enjoy him every time I see him. And it's such oh. a different feeling as a grandparent. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty amazing. Pretty and amazing. I, you know, that there is... I think there is no wrong or right way in the sense of you should do it this way, you should do it that way. It right. is follow your heart, follow your gut, follow your instincts. Listen, listen. It. There, there will be people who say, you know, this is what you know is great about when you are starting out in something where you talked about if you're an artist, learn the basics. If you're a writer, learn the basics. You know, if you're um, a performer of any line, there's many people I've always wanted to perform, always sung in the shower and now I'm getting out there and doing it. Learn your basics, right? Because you need oh. to know that foundation in order to build on something. But it's the same with parenthood. And it's one of those things you get thrown into, right? <laughs> and here is the baby and what do I do with it? And this yeah. is where be around other parents. And share yeah. your experiences. And in those shared experiences, you learn how to apply things differently. And you also feel supportive. And I think if you are going adventuring down a different road in life, like suddenly you want to be the artist or be the writer or be this or that, don't let the naysayers say, well, who do you think you are? Or you're not a writer. You can't do that. It's be around the people that are and learn from them. You know, listen, learn and apply. Yeah. We hope we're learning. <laughs> but isn't that life? We're going to continue learning you know, to the day we die. Every, I hope. every moment until the last breath. Yes. And when you get that last breath, oh, look what I'm learning now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't breathe anymore. But that's what life is about, isn't it? It's, it's um, don't give up and don't give in. Now, there's plenty of times it's just pause, stop. Sure. Take a breath. I, I, I spend, assess where you are. Yeah, I spend huge amounts of my day just sitting and looking into space. Yes. You know, because that's, I think that's, maybe that's what people do when they meditate. I don't yes. know. For me, it's a it's gift like, of silence, a gift of presence. It's just, it's just as I look at mm. things that I'm not seeing anything. And then I have, then I go to work on it, but there's plenty of space. Yes. A lot of space. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the resetting, I think. That is kind of the yeah. recentering. That is being present. You know, as I talked about being the light in your own darkness, is, is that when you go into that space, whether it is meditative, everybody does it in a different way. Um, when you go into that space of nothingness, silence, and darkness, that's uh -huh. when things are revealed. I was going to say, receiving some information. That yes. No other way to get it. If no. you're running around like a chicken without a head, you're not yeah. hearing the things that you're supposed to be hearing. Literally. Literally. <laughs> so 
what is next for you? Um, next for you you've got this um, wonderful book going out, which is, um, is there an age group on it? Is there a certain age that shouldn't read it or? Well, you know, there's a lot of language. These people say whatever comes into their mind and some right. of it's pretty vulgar. And, um, but I think it's dreadfully but, safe. It's, it's, really it's safe. for the open-minded. Yeah, it's yeah, right. definitely open-minded, and, uh, and 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 people who want to read something outside of the box, outside yeah, and, of the norm. Know, it's not genre. It's yeah. Um, if you're going to put it in a genre, it would be magical realism. I've heard it called that because mm. it's based everything. It's not other worlds. It's our okay. world, and uh, but I'd say the things that happen around that painting are pretty magical, and. Um, it's dimensional uh -huh. within our world, not dimensional yeah, outside of our world. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. and, and but it's 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 a fun book to read. It doesn't take long. It goes very fast. So if it turns out you didn't like it, you haven't wasted your life on it. But uh, <laughs> so far, people seem to like it. And uh, so uh, what's coming? Uh, a lot of uh, book signings mm -hmm. and uh, in-person stuff and uh some readings and uh hopefully starting another book you know i'm always thinking about it but i haven't actually set the computer or uh, i like to play around with the is there pen. anything that's kind of nagging at you saying i need to be written oh yes <laughs> yes and then it it flutters away <laughs> <laughs> and then comes back as a hammer <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah, this is really great. What a great idea. And then I, you know, days later, it's like, not so much. <laughs> what, what I have a problem with is, is night in the silence, in the dark. That's when my storytelling comes out. And I, I've always got a movie going on in my head, always got a story going on. And I'll, I'll listen to the story. And sometimes it can keep me up for hours because it's intriguing. And I go, the next day I want to get it down and I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, been you, it's you been told it's been said it's out yeah. there it is no longer do you find that well i have to i get ideas i have to write them down i've pretty much stopped myself from ha thinking about what i want to do as far as the next book or a song or something when i go to bed yes i do not think about it otherwise yeah. there is no sleep it's yeah. done right the, the next eight, 10 hours, I will be thinking about it and it won't have a purpose. It'll right. just be wasted space. So uh, I let myself sleep and regenerate and then spend the day thinking about the story. And, yeah, I try and tell myself boring stories and I'm one of these people that are utterly detailed, right down to the touch, the taste, the smell. Oh, That's how I dream as well. Um, good, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't, I dream in that where you know I can smell, I can touch, I can taste. I had COVID recently, so I can't smell anything anymore. But, you know, so, um, but that I try and make sure that my story isn't interesting, otherwise it's going to keep me awake. But I'm also, <laughs> going, but continue it on for days, you know. And it just, yeah. uh, I think for for me, you you know, you, your mum was to say go and explore life, and for, unfortunately, I was a sickly child, which was embedded a great deal for weeks and weeks on on end in a uh -huh. blank white room and that's the reason uh -huh. why I can't stand the color of just white you know I like yeah. contrast um, and so the the dimensional traveling came I had to live elsewhere 
or yeah. go mad. And so that, that is something that has always stayed with me. But I find if I keep that part of my mind busy, then the other side part of the mind could be creative and doing. Yep. So it's That's just good. two thoughts going on all the time. So That's great. It's makes nice you a bit psycho, but <laughs> well, but you found it. You yeah, it's real. You can hold it in your hand and go, "Me, this is me. Here we go." Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. Sorry I mean, for when, people that are walking around the planet not figuring it out. You know. Yeah, I know, I know, and and being perturbed by it, you know, and it's like, no, don't be perturbed about it because then you've bought into game the shoulds and things. If you are a yeah. multi-level thinker. Uh, where you know you're hearing the song, you, you you see the art and the stories in the book is all coming to you all at once. You're not crazy. You're just very creative, yeah. and it's like which creation are you going to take first uh, and uh -huh. apply? Right? It becomes about that yeah. choice. But I think so yeah. many people don't allow their creativity to come to the forefront because again, this awful linear or in the box or neat and tidy has to be thinking that I think destroys the creativity. Yeah. And, uh, but for me, I, I just have this uh, kind of curiosity about yeah. everything. Like, how does that work? Can we take that apart and look inside it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, what what is that guy doing over there? Let's go see. And uh, Funny stories about stuff like that. But anyway, uh, uh, curiosity and uh, just not being afraid to pursue it. Yes. Uh, I think uh, some people are very satisfied in their life and for better or worse, uh, I'm never completely satisfied. I hear you. I hear you. It's always like, what else is out there? Um, I started doing podcasting 11 years ago. I was invited to be on someone's network and she said, I'd like you to join my podcast. And I go, what's that? I hadn't even heard of what a podcast was. And yeah, I joined her sure. for 13 months live and great training ground, everything that could go wrong did. And then I started yeah. my own network 10 years ago. And I've, you know, I've got close to 3000 shows under my belt now. And I found my canvas. I found my canvas, yeah. and, you know, and I get to interview people like you who have had this wonderful lifetime of experience that you're sharing with others to help them on their own journey of life. And I think if I had said, well, I don't know what to do with a podcast. I don't know if I can do it. You know, if I'm, I'm not educated due, due to being yeah. sick, I basically was a grade seven and, uh, yeah. and I'm not an academic at all. And I've talked myself into every job I've gone into. And I found yeah. out, can I do it or not? I'll find out on the job, right? Yeah. If I <laughs> can't some, do it, get then bye-bye. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, where are you it, yeah. <laughs> so, so my entire skills are life experience. And the thing is, yeah. I was shit scared to do yeah, all of sure. this. But yeah. it, the other part of me was like, how do you know if you can't do it, Sarah, until you try? Yeah. And yeah. That, give it a try. I do have that other feeling when I feel the hand pushing me back. No, that's not for me. No, oh, come on, so I'll give it a try. No, that's not for me. The hand is pushing me back. That's not for me. But the other thing where you could feel the gut saying, come on, do it, do it, do it. And you yeah. just, you find your mouth saying yes before you, you know, because everything is uh -huh. aligned, right? And then you yeah. do it. And it's like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. And yeah. I think if we could just allow ourselves to be well, that well, adventurous. Yes is a fabulous word. Yeah. And um, it's just short and concise ends on a nice yes, yes. go yeah 
you know, it, it, and maybe sometimes we fall on our faces. Oh, well, yeah. we're resilient. We, I don't believe, I believe that failure is when you don't get back up and you choose not to continue. You've yeah. given up. That's failure. For me, no, everything else cool. is just life lessons or redirection. Yeah. You know, yeah. okay, you've learned what you needed to learn from that now we're mistake. Going over here. <laughs> now we're going to redirect and go somewhere else and try it again, right? And then that's yeah. that the thing is be willing to learn, be willing to listen, learn, and apply what you learn. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The what ifs in world. I, mean, I had somebody on this week, um, Sandy Rutherford, which is on this week as well, and we talked about the what if. And you've got the, but what if it doesn't work? Or what if somebody judges me? Or what if that or the other? What what if this was just something quite crazy that I've never seen or done before? Is what energy are you feeding? Yep. That's what's going to grow, right? Yeah. And you just, you know, we get scared about stuff. Um, so what? Yes. You know? But isn't that also a kind of a generating energy, that little fear, that yeah. adrenaline, can I do it? Can't oh, I do oh, it? Jingle yeah. there. Yeah. Just, oh God, I don't I don't know. Who can yeah. do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like writing a book, that first twenty pages, yeah. right? You needed you needed that verification yeah. from someone. Yes, you're on the right track, keep going. Because if we haven't yeah. done it before, we go and second guess. Now, if you wrote a piece of music, you won't go to anyone for that. Yeah. Validation. The only thing I do with music is sometimes I, I've written a couple of songs that are so in my mind, so decent, so good that I think, oh, my God, I must be plagiarizing this whole thing. And that there's a real risk there because yes. we're inundated with music all the time. And we look at Ed Sheeran thing, court case, yeah. and everything's just gone on. So, right? <laughs> you know, I, I went, to, I'll never forget it. I wrote a song. This was like 1987 or something like that. And I was doing a double bill gig with a friend of mine. And we get to the club and I said, go see if there's anybody in the men's room. And he went in because it's all clear. I said, good, because I needed to put my foot on something. So I put my foot up on a urinal and I played this song for him with a guitar <laughs> resting on my leg. And I said, have you heard this before? I just finished it. And he said, I've never heard this before. That's a good one. So, right. okay. I, I was getting my verification. Right. And, and you know, like Ed Sheeran had said in his court case yesterday, that, you know, that the, the tone and the, the composition and the wording was all different to what he was accused of plagiarizing. And you know, if you look at music and you look at writing and you look at art, we all take from other people's influence. Inspiration begets invitation, sure. right? It's, it's, Where it's it gets, just... gets down to the nitty gritty when uh, with music, it's like is a certain progression of notes consistent mm. enough to like, I'll never forget George Harrison when he mm. wrote My Sweet Lord, that's yes. He's So Fine, mm -hmm. which had already been written and was a fabulous song. And it was obvious. What was amazing to me is that He's not in, he was not in a vacuum. He was surrounded by people who heard that and yeah. somebody knew that. They had right. to have known that that was like, uh, no, it's too much. And whether it was, it was probably not intentional. That's mm -hmm. the yeah. But he, he lost that suit because it was so exactly the same. Right. And, like, and he probably would have heard it somewhere on the line, back of his mind, and it sure. came to the forefront oh, and he thought it was his. Yeah, right? I mean, that's, that's, music is really risky that way. Exactly. And, you know, but uh, painting, it's less likely to yeah. happen. Mm. Uh, writing, it's like every sentence, there's a possibility that, you know, you come up with a sentence that sounds really good. And then you start thinking, somebody else has written this sentence. Highly likely. Yes. But 
uh, what content and what context, you yeah, know, then you get into, well, in the, in the, in the flow of the entire yeah. uh, body of the piece of work, it's not significant. Unless yeah, I will, I will see sayings that I have said that I'm commonly known for saying and suddenly see somebody promoting using that saying. And it's like, well, other than going back to all my podcasts over the years and hearing me say it, you know, I don't know if they've taken it from me or if it's or if it's something that came up on their own. And I look at it this way. It's, um, you know, this is these are my words, but if other people are taking them and they're having a resonance as an invitation to other people, so be it. So be it, yeah. right? Again, uh, yeah. somebody may say my words, somebody may sing your song, but the interpretation is always going to be different. Oh yeah, it can never be the same. No, no, because it's <laughs> uh, it's sung from a different vibration, right? So, Yo. yeah, this is what we're seeing actually right now: an awful lot of the youth coming out singing some of the old greats. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a, a sweet val Valentine, a young girl was singing the other day beautifully. And it's so wonderful to see some of these old classics that were so meaningful being kind of reinterpreted by uh -huh. the young. And it's like, that isn't plagiarism, that is honoring the yeah. artist. And, and, uh, you know, when you acknowledge that this is not something I right. wrote, and but you know uh, arrangements and interpretations are completely valid you know yeah wonderful yes oh, great we're going to finish off with your your song um the shape of time which i absolutely loved uh, but how did the shape of time come about uh well when i write a song i start with the guitar mm. the music always comes out first and then i just sit there with no one around me just saying words nonsensical sounds and all kinds of things then something begins to form and with the shape of time it just popped into my mind about what is the shape what is the shape of time and then i started working how that might look what does time look like yeah and if you're in certain circumstances, what does it look like? Well, as the chorus goes, if you're standing in a prison cell, what, what is the shape of time? If you're standing thirsty at the well, what's the shape of time? Look into your lover's eyes. What is the shape of time? Stand beneath the endless skies. What is the shape? Every one of those things it is a whole different context right. time. Yeah. And and I just started to see it as a shape, like uh, how round is a minute? How wide is a day? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I love the song. And, and um, I mean, you've got some of your music on um, on your site, but uh, yeah. do you have any other music out elsewhere that people can find? Oh, uh, you can find uh, my recordings available on Amazon. And uh, is it under your name? Yes. Okay, because I want to make sure that we represent that, and uh, and of course the book is is only come from your site at the present moment. It's not. Um, oh, and... the book is available everywhere. Okay, uh, so it's, it's on Amazon too. Yeah, Amazon, okay. Barnes and Noble, Powell's Books. You can order it anywhere you like. Um, it's uh, published by Kazva Press, mm -hmm. which is based in uh, Israel. 
Ah. And, uh, oh my gosh, there's a story in itself. If we had another hour, I could tell you how that <laughs> all came about. And, uh, it involves no. a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, isn't it lovely how some connections happen? Everything fits together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and and again, not that straight line. If you if you nope. step off the straight line and you're willing to twist and shout, you know, <laughs> you'll find all sorts of wonderful things that lead you where you're meant to go, which is really mm. exciting. Um, so your site uh, is Sam Wiesel, uh, which is W E I S, and it's number one dot net. Yes. Um, and uh, um, your and your Facebook and uh, uh, any other social medias. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You can just. Go to Facebook and type my name in, and uh, there I am. Uh, Instagram, I show up there too. Sam, uh, Instagram is Sam Wise Art. Okay, I'm going to make sure I have all those links here on your show page. And for your music and Amazon, if I put in Amazon your name, your music list will come up? Uh, it, it should. You can uh, probably best to put in Sam Wise uh, Music. Uh, otherwise, if you put in Samwise Abstraction, the book comes up right away. Right. And okay. Put, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, you know, you want to see the whole show page, everything there, um, all about the book, uh, how to find the book, how to find her music, how to find her art and everything else. Um, you know, all you have to do is come to selfdiscoverywisdom.com and put in some Sam Faisal, S-A-M. W E I S, and then you'll follow, you see her uh, whole page, show page here. And uh, that's for the people that are listening. Okay, the links are always there, folks. Just read what's underneath the audio, and the links are always there leading you back to a page. Um, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. I've, you know, I love, you know, doing. Oh, it just as I love the, I love the mind of an artist, you know, because it really does work on a different plane. You don't live in the, in the lack of possibility. It's always the, you know, that what if, what yeah, if I just do this? If. Yeah. The exciting <laughs> what if, you know, or like, and, and it, yeah, I mean, you can sometimes you, I'm sure you can paint something or write something and you go, God, no, what mood was I in when I did that? <laughs> right? Paint over it. Yeah, right, exactly. But, but then again, it. <laughs> out of that, I'm sure something else comes about because, oh, you know, definitely. everything is reflective of where you are at the time, isn't it? And what vibration no, you just, you're in. Just don't get stuck. Don't get stuck mm. on something, you know, like painting. Maybe I'll paint something and go, everything I paint is good. No, it isn't. There's a lot of it that's, uh, a lot of paintings have other paintings under them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's also got to be something that you look at and, you know, A, would you hang it on your own wall, which I have seen of some of your art behind you, which is lovely. Yes. And, uh, and, but it, but also, you know, is it truly representing where you were at the time? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, can you feel the frequency from it? Because, after all, we are all frequency. We are all that mathematical frequency, vibrational equation, and the the higher the frequency we are, the more open we are, more creative we are, and the more we see, the more we understand, the more it opens up our intrigue and our wonderment, and the more that it reveals to us of how we are so much more than just these humans. We are human, beautiful beings, and we should be being. There you go. 
Thank you so much, Sam. This has been an absolute delight. So Thank folks, you. please go and get her art from her site and um, her music. Please listen to it. We're going to close out with this wonderful song, The Shape of Time, which is so I loved it when I listened to it. I really kind of felt it in every way. And, you know, reach out to her on her social media. Interact with how you felt about the show, about her art. Ask questions. You know, life is about interaction. Please be interactive because that's how we learn. That's how we get inspired. That's all what we're all about is our community, how we can come together in our own beautiful artistry, share, enlighten, and grow. So until next time, folks. Bye for now. But you
We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life, and we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted, and we do hope that you enjoy the next show.